Our returning guest, Jenny Carr. Hi, my name is James Rodriguez Horton, the host of The Original Doll. On The Original Doll, I interview songwriters and producers of your favorite music. We go from the global hits to the deep cuts, the unreleased demos, and more. And we also give back to charity. So for every question a guest answers, we get items donated to charity. And if you're listening on Apple Podcast, which I hope you are, thank you so much, is for every listen we get, we help out communities in need. We work with OAOG, Our Art of Giving, to supply items of comfort to those in need, including women in domestic abuse shelters, uh, children fighting cystic fibrosis, cancer, low-income families, homeless LGBT plus teens, and more. Follow me for more information Instagram, the.original.dal. Now, for those who are asking, yes, Jenny Carr was a returning guest. She worked on background vocals for Britney Spears' My Only Wish This Year, uh, some of the Britney tracks, and some of the In The Zone tracks, including New Religion with Joshua Schwartz. And the main thing I wanted to point out was many of you have asked, what does a vocal producer do? What does a background vocalist do? And Jenny Carr was kind enough to talk to me about what that is and what she does and what that entails. And that's what the original doll is about. Kind of opening up the listeners to learn about the different things that happen behind the scenes. Because it does take a village. And I want to make sure that these people get the shine because it's just an amazing time. Now, towards the end, I'm going to go into some more information on the actual song. Because uh, many of you ask, wasn't this written for this person? Wasn't this recorded by that person? We talk about in the episode. And then don't forget, on some of these episodes, there are bonus tracks. Hidden tracks, if you will. Uh, hidden content towards the end of the episode. Which is not so hidden now. But I I want to give a shout out to my Patreon patrons, all of you. Thank you so much. And for those who don't know, this show is 100% produced by me, edited by me, admined by me. And Patreon is a way to help keep this alive and open because it does cost to have the website going, to have the podcast hosting, and to have content. So follow me on there for as little as a dollar a month. You're able to help us out to keep this going. And I say us because you listeners are helping keep this thing going. But I wanted to talk a little bit about that. So 
Let me just get right into this. My name is James Rodriguez Horton, and this is the original doll. <laughs> the original doll. Everyone, I would like to welcome back Jenny Carr to The Original Dial. Jenny, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me back, James. I'm really happy to be here with you again. It's been fun. I've had so many people reach out and say, can you ask Jenny about this? Can you ask Jenny what vocal producing is? I know she worked with Celine. I know she worked with all these people. Can you ask her these questions? So here we are. So what I'm going to do to get right into this is Amazing. just ask you about some of these projects you worked on. And we're going to talk about Everybody Has a Voice, which I think is something that a lot of people can benefit from. So let's jump back into this. Ready? Here we go. Buckle let's up. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Diving in. Okay. Now, one of these stories that we talked about a little bit was uh, your work on Jennifer Lopez, If You Had My Love. So why don't you refresh the listeners about how you got involved, the song, you know, and, and, you know, any experience or fun things that you had while recording that. Here we go. Okay. So, um, so I was living in New York city and I was there for a few years and I worked at record labels. I worked at Sony music. I worked at Island records and I would take all of these temping jobs. And I would always say to everybody, I'm a singer, I'm a chanteuse, and everybody would be like, you're super annoying, who works at the labels, <laughs> and so they, so I would always go around saying that, and, uh, and then I was like, I consider myself to be a late bloomer, and I finally got up the nerve to go to the open mics in New York City and start singing, so it took me a long time to kind of build my confidence up, get out there, and I always knew I had a voice, but I was just like, intimidated by all of the incredible talent that I was surrounded by and especially working at a record label and so anyway I finally got up the nerve to go out there and start singing and I went to and um, I don't know if you could tell by the way I'm speaking but I am a white girl and I started going to all of the R&B open mics in New York City and I always really loved R&B I'm like a blue-eyed soul kind of girl so anyway, so I started singing at the open mics and I think people, so I had made a lot of contacts in the industry and I think people were very much like, wow. And I think they felt so bad that they were like, never gave me an opportunity. So I started meeting like everybody in the business and being taken seriously as a singer. And so I started going into a lot of, um, started like, being asked to sing in a lot of sessions and do a lot of demos for people and I started singing at these open mics and I was uh, doing a lot of Sony music showcases so there was a man named Ron Grant who is no longer with us but he took me under his wing and I was singing on Soul Train I was like the only white girl like in all of these things and like for all of these and I was singing at the Sony music R&B showcases and so Destiny's Child was performing there um I don't know it was just like every amazing artist like Tommy Mottola would put these That's showcases awesome. together with Ron Grant 
So I was always, you know, I don't know. I, I was like a token kind of person there, but just like doing my thing, having the best time of my life, finally like singing and, and my dreams were like coming true before my eyes. So it was like, as soon as I started singing, people like started, you know, asking me to be part of sessions, sing on TV. And I was, I sang like on David Letterman. I sang on the Rosie O'Donnell show. I'm totally dating myself, <laughs> but I was singing, you know, everywhere, all over Jay Leno, flying to Los Angeles, flying to Japan and really like exciting things started happening. And so Ron Grant was, you know, partners with Corey Rooney and Corey Rooney produced the uh, Jennifer Lopez record if you had my love and so uh they started working on the record and then I got a call one night to come to the studio I think it was like 11 or 12 o'clock at night and I got a call to come down to Sony Studios because they wanted me to sing on this record that they were making for Jennifer Lopez and I think they wanted to go for a sound that was like kind of like R&B but with a pop thing I think everybody mm -hmm. like thinks of me as having like that breathy kind of thing but I can also blend with everybody and I think that they thought that my tone would would really complement Jennifer Lopez's tone so I got into the studio and it was like 11 or 12 o'clock at night and I was just oh like goodness. where <laughs> am I like I must pinch myself right now and there was another friend of mine Chevy and basically, we were like the sound, the singing sound behind Jennifer Lopez on her first record. And we sang on five songs. But the first song that we did with Corey Rooney was If You Have My Love. It was also co-produced by Rodney Jerkins. Um, and we're from kind of like the same area in Atlantic City. He's from Vineland. So, uh, and so I just and walked you into the studio. And I was like so green. I was so green and I was so nervous, but you had to go into the studio and I was professional enough that you just had to go in there, do your job. And these sessions were like not easy. I, I didn't have like a ton of studio experience, but it was like, I knew, I think that they saw something in me that I, I didn't even see in my really giant. He is. Uh, he is a force to be reckoned with. And I think that they knew that I had a really great sound that could complement like what Jennifer mm -hmm. Lopez does. And so, and my, this, my friend Chevy too, she was amazing. And we're still very good friends to this day. She's a did you, did you, okay. So then you worked on five songs ultimately for that project. On the first record, that's right. Did all five make it on the album? Oh yeah. These guys are not messing around. It's like this. I love it. They they know what they're doing. Tommy Matola is like a genius, and Corey Rooney is like one of my musical, you know, heroes. He's just he's so talented. I mean, just like talent and music like oozes out of him. And it was just like it was just it was it was just like really like a pinch myself moment. And when I heard "If You Have My Love" when I walked in the studio, I was like, "Oh my god, this is a hit!" It was just like it was so exciting well, and how does that feel knowing okay here I'm recording this song it's going to be like this debut it's going to be a single do you know like it's going to be on the radio well, it's I, gonna... I think I told you before it's like I was in this 
studio working on it and I knew it was a hit, but I didn't know when it was coming out. They don't like, there's like a hired gun. They didn't say, oh, the, the record's coming out here. And then it was just kind of like, you come in here, you do your job. We have some fun, sure, we have some fun. And we, it's like the vibe is like really cool. So it was really hard work. And Corey was like so patient. He knew what he wanted to get out of me, you know? And, and it took me a long time to record those parts. I mean, these guys are not messing around. They knew when the magic, when the magic mm. was there of what they needed. So, but they don't tell you when it's coming out. It's like, I'm the, I'm the session singer, you know? Well, and so, so that's, so what I was wondering as, as a background vocalist, as somebody who's in there, are you working on multiple songs at once? Or is it this session is specific to this song? then you come back another day? Or is it like, hey, we have you in here. Let's fix the chorus on this. Let's, you know, do the, the outro on this. To be completely honest, it's like you don't know a lot. And I think it's because they do know, but they don't know. There's not an exact schedule. Sure, there might be a release date for a record, but they're not sharing that information with it. me it's like that's not my job to know when it comes out or when it comes out or if it doesn't I mean it turns out that every song that I sang with them by the time you get to the studios at Sony Studios they have a pretty good idea but they don't necessarily tell you when does it come out like I'm kind of there to do my job and deliver my vocals you know what I mean and and sure I can ask questions but I always am like it doesn't matter I go there I'm a part mm -hmm. of this incredible thing you get, you know, paid for the job that you do. And um, through my union, through Screen Actors, uh, through AFTRA at the time. And so uh, you just go there and do your thing. And then I told you the story was, is that I didn't know when it was coming out. I'd had a job in singing with the, singing with the wedding band. And, and I really felt like it was time to move on. And I basically left that job. I was Still love all of those people too but I it was it was not it wasn't something that I necessarily wanted to pursue at that time and um and then I kind of quit that job and then I woke up the next morning and I put on the alarm the alarm clock went off and they were like here's Jennifer Lopez's like debut single and I was like holy shit <laughs> I was like what Oh my God. And I heard myself on the radio and I knew I did the right thing. I took a leap of faith and that song came on the radio. If you had my love, it's her debut single. And, and I knew that my life was forever changed from that. Well, and I wonder, because I've talked to other background vocalists and vocalists and, and who have talked about sometimes like if there's going to be a live performance or a tour, sometimes they have the background vocalists come in and say, Hey, we need to create this like different sound for the backing vocals. Cause sometimes they might not bring a whole slew, a choir of people. When you work on these songs, do you ever get called back in to be like, Hey, now we're working on, we want like, we're changing maybe the key or lowering the key for the, the backgrounds or whatever, because you know, JLo's dancing and she, we need to make sure that she can sing this. And so we want, you know, these, we want to keep like, and I always go back to the chorus thing because I tell many people, if you listen to chorus, you can hear all these great voices on most songs. Right. But sometimes they change it up because sometimes they may go, we're going with this dance version or this shorter version. Did you ever have to do anything like that? Whereas a background vocalist, you go back in and you're like, okay, now they want this 
dance remix version for like the tour or something like that? Um, I have to say, honestly, that that has never once happened because what happens is, is that they have the stems. They're called the stems, like the vocal stems, the instrumental stems. And the producer is, you know, they're in charge of all of that kind of material and data. So, you know, these days with modern technology or I say MT, modern technology, <laughs> you can work wonders yes. and miracles and you just, they, they know how to remix it and so for, as far as like my work I've never been called back in to redo that and they might do a remix and but they have all of the files from the singers they, normally you've given them more need. than enough you're like here's the high harmony, I get, low you harmony. know what I gave them too much <laughs> I give them too I, much you do what you will with it I love it I love it okay now let's let's talk about Celine Dion um when uh what i i always mess up the title when it is wrong to love the right person or when it is right to love the wrong person it was <laughs> i forgot the title of it when the wrong one loves you right when the wrong <laughs> one loves you right yeah how, how did you get involved in that project so um i had met uh, a writer at like a, an industry networking event his name was andy marvel and uh andy was like a really super nice guy and I was like you know I like I don't want to say I begged people but I asked them time and time again if I could please come in and sing your demos because I had done a couple of demos for people and I knew that that was the way in like I had sung a song that Zahida Garrett wrote and um this guy named um Randy and so I uh, knew that that was the way in and I met this man named Andy Marvel the guy's name is Randy Cantor and so I met Andy Marvel in New York and then I was kind of like asking him time and again can I sing your demos and so I met a bunch of New York incredible and working with them like a little bit before I sang on the Jennifer Lopez um, mm -hmm. stuff her material and so I worked with this guy Peter Zizzo, Andy Marvel, um, Martin Briley, Dana Calitri, Marjorie May. So there was like this group of New York City writers that I had the opportunity of you know singing a lot of their demos and so you know with a Celine Dion, Martin Briley, um, he wrote the song I think with the, we need to see who the people are who wrote this Song, but so he had called me in to sing on the song and um and then they ended up so I sang the demo for that song and then what was the question like Celine Dion yeah so that's so, how you got yeah so I worked with all these people all these writers and then I would sing a lot of demos for Martin Briley he called me to sing a lot of things and then the one song that I sang for him, this song ended up being a Celine Dion song. Now, I don't remember if they wrote it specifically for her or if mm. it was just a demo that they wrote and then she ended up recording it. But um, so it was I Richie Jones. sang the song. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and who I else? Have, Martin Briley. Uh, 
Yes, and Francis Galluccio and Marjorie oh, Francis May. Francis Galluccio, they they wrote that too. They all wrote that together. Okay, I did so and many songs Rick for Wake. them and for Francis. So Rick Wake, I think, was the producer um, on the song, and so he also worked on a lot of Jennifer Lopez. But it was funny because I kind of came into the Jennifer Lopez camp through Corey Rooney <laughs> and through. Uh, Rodney Jerkins, but then I kind of came back in there through the Rick Wake camp. So it was just like a kind of full circle. You know, Rick Wake, I feel like 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 Corey Rooney and 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 Rodney did more of like the kind of like the urbany kind of songs. And then Rick Wake did like more kind of the dance pop Jennifer Lopez. And so I did, you know, quite a few songs like with Rick Wake's camp and then that one of them being the Celine Dion when when the wrong did one. Did you know that right. it was did you know that it was going to be Celine? Did they like give you that much? No, like... that's what I'm saying. I don't remember because I did so many songs Got it. with Martin Briley and Marjorie May and all of this, you know, these New York City smart writers. I'm going to call them the New York City smart writers. They're so like cool. And yeah. Do you think you would have approached it differently? Or do you think that you might approach things differently if it's somebody like, let's say, Celine Dion or Barbara Streisand, where it's like these people are known for their like A-game vocals. Do you think you would treat it any differently or just do what the producer asks for that song? Well, I am going to always try to give the producer like what they're asking for. That's why they call me because they, and then if they don't know what they're asking for, they know that I'm the person who can kind of get in their head and figure out what to give them. I love right? it. Right? Yep. So, you know, and I'm pretty sure there was a direction and it probably was for Celine Dion originally written for her. But, you know, you get called to like do a song in the style of Celine Dion or in the style of Barbara Streisand or in the style of Britney Spears. So, you know, but that song, I remember specifically, like I did the demo, then Celine Dion came in after and then she recorded it. And, uh, you know, I did a lot of ad libs on there. And she did, you know, I think she did the same. She kind of like follows sometimes some of the ad libs that you do too. So that's really cool to hear your well, kind of interpretation, interpreted also by the artist. She always does her own incredible thing too. But for that song, I think they, you know, she, yeah. Well, and that's one of those things where it's like, what I love is that, you know, Celine Dion has talked about songwriters, uh, demo, demo singers, demo writers, producers, where she's always given them credit. She's like, there's great references to utilize from that. And what I think we've learned as the, the listeners of the original doll is we talked about it with like Julia Michaels, where some people are like, man, I hear a lot of Julia Michaels on the, this song. And then it's like, yeah. oh, well, she was the songwriter. And this is, this is oh, why it's yeah. on there. Cause a lot of times those you know, I talked to Casey Livingston and she talks about how oftentimes like her vocals were layered on like unusual you, Britney Spears, that she's like, because I created this neutral bed and there's something about the demo that those artists are like, you know what? I like where we're going sonically with this. And this is where I'm going because I think, and we're going to talk about this with uh, everybody has a voice. I think a lot of people don't realize if it were me singing and trying to do every single background vocal it could be confusing to the ear because maybe my tone is so alike that it just kind of gets lost in this 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 pit of sound and what I like is when you get to hear these things because so many times the listeners have said I heard this demo from this artist and oh my god this artist really 
picked those same ad libs and did the same style. And it's kind of cool because we get to see the, or hear the conception of the song and then see the growth from that. Um, Well, it's great. It's interesting that you say that because they call it, it is called sometimes a demo vocal, but it's also called a reference vocal. So Mm. you've got the phrasing down. And so, yeah. Hopping out for a quick second, because I wanted to talk about what Jenny just said about reference vocal versus demo. Because oftentimes I've seen online, people are like, oh, this is a producer's demo, or this is a songwriter's demo. And people kind of make up their own terminology for things. But I think something that should be, you know, not overlooked is, you know, when Jenny Carr said it was a reference vocal. So if I was going to sing a song and give it to, uh, you know, an artist, and I said, I really like this texture right here. So I want you to sing it this way with a growl on it. So the person that's going to do that reference vocal gives them that in there so that ultimately and some people are like they some have referred to as like a mimic vocal so that the recording artist goes oh i hear what you're doing with it let me let me adjust my voice to make it sound that way so sometimes people are like why are they trying to sound so alike this person or that person it's because the recording artist uses that reference vocals in certain situations to mimic that sound. The other thing is we learned with different songwriters and producers throughout this whole series is if I'm trying to sell a song to Rihanna, I want to make it sound like Rihanna could hear herself singing it. So I'm not going to, you know, do a song that has vocally a completely different style than what Rihanna is doing. I want to make it so that she can hear herself doing it or the gatekeepers, the A&R people, the people that are kind of cultivating all those songs to figure out what's going to go on the album. They're the ones, if they hear, oh, that sounds like a Rihanna song, we can go with that. Not every time, but this is something that we've talked about across the board with most of the guests on the original doll. So I'll hop back in. So now we know, and people want to start updating their stuff, the reference vocal uh, is something that we can start using in our dialogue about these. All right, now back to the show. And it's and it's awesome. So let's talk about this, because I want to jump to another big project that you're on. This now is like around 2005, 2006. Paris Hilton. And what I really want to talk about, how you got involved in that. And also, you're the vocal producer on her her global hit, Stars Are Blind. And I want to talk about what that is as well, because the listeners here, we've not been able to really have vocal producers on here, and especially yeah. female vocal producers. So Jenny, let's, let's, let's talk about this. How'd you get involved in project? And what does all this do? What does all this mean? So Okay, so the stars are blind. Uh, so the the songwriter of that song, his name is Shepard Solomon, and he is a um, a big collaborator of mine. We've written songs together. Um, he is a fantastic writer, and so he wrote that song with Fernando Garibay. And so I, we, the three of us, were in the studio doing a lot of writing together at the time, and um, and I always, you know. As you know, we were we wear many hats in this industry. So, you know, I had sung on the Jennifer Lopez and the Britney Spears, and then I really got into songwriting. So I was working a lot with Fernando and Shepard Solomon. And um, and so they wrote the song and they wrote it for Paris Hilton. And so I just they wanted me to sing the demo for them. So they are both meticulous, you know, incredible writers and producers. And so I sang the song and I had a really big part to do with like the 
vocal arrangements and the harmonies and you know it's a very we have a very we had a very collaborative um thing going so I added my ideas and stuff like that and so um but they wrote the song so I'm not a writer on it and so I just sang the demo for them and um and then Jeff Aldridge loved the song you know Paris like loved the song you know, a brief came in of how they, like what they wanted the song to be. And, you know, it was one of those times when, when they really tweaked it and delivered something that was like for Paris. So, um, you know, like in music, it's like a gray area. So like you can vocal produce something, you could be in the room. There have been several times that I have produced vocals with artists where I say, you know, sing this line this way. And then add a, ah, or like add like a, a something to it at the end. And I have to tell them exactly what to do. And then they do it. Or like when Corey Rooney is vocal producing me and saying, no, you didn't get it this way. Or make it, have there be more of a cry in there or something like that. More of a yearning sound. So that's what the vocal production was. So with Paris Hilton's song, so I was supposed to go to Jamaica and work with Sly and Robbie to produce, to be in the studio, to produce her on it. But for some reason that didn't happen. I don't remember what happened, but I didn't end up actually working in the room with her. But I think that, you know, like a lot of my influence was there. And so that was how I ended up being a vocal producer on that song. See, and that's what's awesome because I think what's great is you have this pop ear and you have this ear for music. And I think, and I could take it back to, uh, for the listeners, those who've ever been in choir, like even the way you, you handle some vowels is vastly different. Like you might change an O sound to an E sound or something like that, where there's a lot that goes into this. And sometimes a novice singer might go, wait, what? And so if you're there to go, we want more of this sound like a, and I'm not going to say yeah. everyone, I'm not going to put anyone through that at all. Oh, come on, come on, let's do an exercise. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm no. telling you, I'm going to get you, no. I'm going to get you and this is, And everybody has a voice except for <laughs> the original doll host, James Rodriguez. <laughs> That's right. Um, but, what I, but what I think is great is you also understand the voice from a technical side is I think sometimes people think, oh, you just sing. They don't think like open mouth or tongue movement or anything. And we're going to go into how you do this, because what I want to do, and I want to have the listeners, we're going to put some examples in here at a, at a, a post-production, if you will, of kind of harmony ideas where people can hear, oh, that's what this is. Oh, that's what a higher harmony is on there and things like that to kind of build up that sound hopping up for a quick second to say don't forget to follow me on instagram the dot original dot doll and on tiktok at the james rodriguez r-o-d-r-i-g-u-e-z and as with every episode of the original doll any reproduction or ripping of audio is strictly forbidden and illegal in every country in the world so if you want to tell people about the original doll send them on here to apple podcast or spotify all right now back to the show so what I love is that there's this Paris track and you have this JLo track that you were a part of ultimately the Sonics that helped launch these, these artists, because I think we look at production, we look at songwriting and when people use reference tracks or refer to reference vocals, it's like, man, if it was a completely different vocalist, if it was a completely different style, who knows, maybe those stars wouldn't have aligned to make it be a hit. I think 
everyone was shocked that people loved the Paris Hilton song as much as they did because there was so much there was so much patriarchal you know misogynistic things when it came to Paris Hilton and here she is this song out there and people are like I can't not like it like it's it's a it's a fun song and it was totally different than what I think any of us thought and so what did you think about that because when I thought of Paris Hilton I thought it was gonna be like boom 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 club dance house sort of thing and this was the opposite. What did you think of that when you heard the, the track? When the music's good, the music's good, right? I mean, if there is like a hit, if, if it sounds good and, and, and she's like an entrepreneur and she's smart and she knows she is no dummy. She's not going to put out something that's like not her. She's cool. She's like, you know, like, She's Paris. She's chill. So it's like, even though the guys are crazy, I don't know. It's just like, it's like, it, fit, it does fit her, you know? So when, when you hear something like that, where it's, cause like my, my thought was it was going to be this. Right. Banger dance hit. And then it becomes this almost like Caribbean chill, breezy song. And I was like, this is so left of center that it's yeah. so bizarre and it works which that's where the stars well, align right the stars align because the stars are blind um uh you know <laughs> so <laughs> it's just like it's 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 genius it's international it's like genre crossing it's just something that just feels good so so it's like it makes so much sense you know I guess you never know you could put something out there and it could be that and then that could have been a hit too you know but it's like she's kind of like a chill woman and it's a chill song and it's beautiful and it's international and it's infectious and it's like she's she's no dummy I love it. I love it. Okay. So what I'm going to do now is we're going to talk about uh, everybody has a voice and don't worry because after this, Jenny, I'm going to drill slash grill slash ask you about all these Britney tracks to give your hot take from it. So listeners keep okay. listening and we'll have this in a second. Okay. So don't go anywhere. Talk, talk to me a little bit about this. Everybody has a voice because at this point now the listeners are well aware, you know what you're doing. you've been successful I hope so I hope they know (laughs) so what is everybody has a voice so everybody has a voice is my vocal and songwriting coaching company um where I work with singers from all levels from beginners to you know advanced um artists and it's like my company where I get to take all of the knowledge that I have and share it with aspiring artists or people who just want to sing, who've never sung before. So I just help you uh, find your voice because I do believe everybody has a voice and build confidence and take you from like zero to hero from the shower to the stage. And I am somebody who can help you no matter where you are at in your career or if it's just a hobby for you and help you um 
use your voice and, and, and also develop songwriting skills. Because when I was growing up and when I was coming up, I never knew anything about songwriting. So that is something that I really believe strongly in, in incorporating songwriting also and teaching people how to write who maybe have never used that muscle before. See, and that's what I really like because it goes deeper than everybody has a voice singing wise because you also have a voice as a songwriter. And I think that working with somebody like you would make sense because you've worked with Brittany, Celine, Paris, all these people and you get the ear. So if somebody's like, hey, I want to try this out. The good thing is you have experience and you can say, you know what? This sort of thing works. You're going in the right place or this sort of thing is just, it just needs to be like cleaned up a little bit. And I love that because I often hear sometimes, I think it was like Diane Warren for a while. She's like, I am not a singer. I am just a songwriter. That's, that's what I do. That's what I do. Which um, I think is not true, by the way. I, yeah, I get to hear her sing sometimes and it's not true. Well, And that's the funny thing, Diane. but it's also, and I think that a lot of people either separate themselves as a songwriter or a singer that I think a lot of people are like, I guess I'm only good at that. And maybe they just, one comes easier than the other. So going to somebody like you, they can say, hey, how do I make this work? I want, I just need not even that push, but that guidance to be like an extra ear helps clear things up. You know, what what somebody's bad habit is with singing and things like that. So I like that because you get to have that one-on-one discussion. So are these all through... Zoom, Skype, FaceTime, Insta Live, what how do you handle the the clients? Well, you know, because of you know the times that we're in right now, I only want to work remotely. So, you know, it's funny before the pandemic, I was working via Zoom or Skype or um FaceTime and uh it's very effective. Clients all over the world. I have a client in um, in Vienna, Austria. I have a client awesome. in uh, Switzerland, in Zurich, um, in Italy, in Germany. So I'm working with people all over the world, and you know, it's I, I would like to do things in person, but you really can do so much online now. So. So like these online sessions are working really great at the moment. So it's kind of like the future is here in a way. And of course, you know, I work in person with people. We record people sometimes. We write songs with them. We also like produce songs for people where we send tracks and we, you know, find a way that you can like record your vocals. So um but yeah, right now I'm I'm kind of sort of keeping it online unless I have to go into the studio for a vocal session. But see, and what I like is this is that I think people forget how much time we waste commuting from one meeting yes, to the next. That's true. That is the benefit of being able to work remotely for sure. And so what's great. So how do people find this? How do they find you on Instagram? How do they get all of this information and reach out to you? Well, they can find me on Instagram on Jenny Carr Singer, Jenny K-A-R-R Singer. That's my Instagram um, profile name. And then uh, my website is everybody has a voice.com. 
So they can find me there and uh, all of my contact information is there. And, you know, I really do personalize, you know, lessons like different, different personalized lessons for whatever it is that you're looking for. Ooh, I love that. And the thing is, what I love is that in just talking with you, this is like our second or third meeting, you know, whatnot, is I like that it's, there's, there's this, there's no air of, I am this person in this entertainment industry and I'm not going to, it's like, what I love is even when you talked about the people you've collaborated with, you've been a champion of those people. And I think that's hard to find in most industries, people championing other people. So if this is what you do for these peers, this is going to be amazing for any of your clients and future songwriters and singers that they get to have you championing them in this situation. Um, So once again, everyone, join on Instagram because Jenny does in fact follow the original doll, the dot original dot doll. So if you're confused as to how to spell it or anything, um, add that. So let's talk about this. Do you remember off the top of your head, what out of all the songs you've worked on with Britney of any of them, which you thought, you know what, that song, I really am glad I'm a part of that song. Is there any that you think of right now? Well, the one I told you about before, is uh anticipating right yeah see yourself like, like in the roller disco kind of like it's just that throwback kind of like highly minogue uh like disco throwback like that's my that's my personal favorite this is how you stack a lead vocal which will eventually be the bed of harmonies that a lead singer sings over. Here is an example of the lead vocal solo. Don't forget to join us on Patreon to keep this podcast alive and free for all so you get access to exclusive content. Let's do this tonight. Then you record two or four doubles of the lead melody, which you can pan left and right. Try to match them as close as possible to the lead vocal. And this is how it sounds. I'll be anticipating. Once you have finished recording the lead melodies, then you start to add the harmonies and then you stack each note of the harmonies again for left and right. There are many different ways that you can arrange and add vocal harmonies to really make your track pop. And it's all about trial and error and finding the right vibe. Thanks for listening. I want to give a big shout out and thank Jenny Carr for being here today on The Original Dial with James Rodriguez. Don't forget to follow her and her company on Instagram. Now, have no fear, everyone. We are back uh, in the next few days with some fun exclusive. And big shout out to all my Patreon patrons. Some of them are Benjamin, Ryan, Xavier, Rochelle, Adam, Jenny, Tommy, Luke, Rami, Tiff, Fred, Frank, Kurt, uh, Andy, Andy T, Andy C. Thank you all so much. Don't forget to join me on Instagram, the.original.dal, for more information. And I'll see you on the flip side.
hopping on for a quick second for some of this hidden content, if you will. Um, many people were asking before about saying, you know, was uh, Stars Are Blind, you know, meant for someone else? Was it recorded by someone else? And when I talked to Jenny, as you heard in this episode, it was always and specifically for Paris. And the label and, and, and Paris's team, they wanted something that was tropical, breezy, islandy, something that was a hit and would be received internationally. Because don't forget, Paris Hilton was not just a quote-unquote brand in the United States, she was a global brand. So they wanted something that would hit all of the markets, and I think they did that well, and they ended up doing a remix. Um, and there's a bunch of great remixes on this. But I wanted to add that in there, because I know many people said, wasn't this recorded by this artist or that artist? Wasn't it sent? This was specific to Paris Hilton herself. And oftentimes I realized in my conversations and my research is many times the vocal producers get overlooked in these projects. And in many times, the vocal producers are the ones that are helping going, you know, maybe we should try this harmony here or the key change there. And they're the ones that really help create that texture, making those reference vocals, um, having their vocals really be added into the, the final song to beef up the vocals. But what I wanted to do now is play the final version, since you heard Jenny Carr's cover of it, we'll play the final version, a snippet of it, of Paris Hilton's Stars Are Blind. And let me know on TikTok and Instagram, what did you think when you first heard the song? Did you know it was, you know, that it was going to be for Paris Hilton? Let me know in the comments. Let me know in the comments. 